Welcome on in to the Until a Day podcast. Podcast. We're here, your hosts, Mike Ortiz and Mike Cronin. Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right, man. Um, excited about this week, and uh, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of fun listening to this album. So it was good. I'm, I'm good. I'm very curious to see what you think about this one. Sure, guys. Everyone listening. Today's album is Take to the Skies by Enter Shikari. And if you don't know who they are, Welcome to this podcast. This is your chance to hit pause. Go listen to that album if you haven't yet. But then, you know, make sure you do come back, listen to this pod, and we're going we're gonna to talk all about it. We're going to dive into this album. Yeah, you're about to know about it. Yeah, you're about to know about it. Um, I'm going to start this off with just saying, I don't know if at the very end my review will count. I am okay. extremely biased on this album. This is my... I would say my equivalent to Page Avenue for you. Okay. Yeah. So this is like my Page Avenue. Right. Uh, if if anything, like you know how much you love that album. So I mean, by all means, please dump on it if you're going to later on when we get into that. Don't hold back. But I just want to say right away, I'm probably gonna I'm I'm gonna be the fluffer for this album <laughs> when I get to my part talking nice. about what I like about it, and yeah. everyone's gonna be like, "Wow, he really likes this album." Well, you know, I've been listening to it for 16 plus years, so yeah. you know. That's that's gonna happen, but anyway. So, so roughly, how old were you when this came out in two thousand seven? Uh, two thousand seven, I was either seventeen or eighteen. Okay, so yeah, if you look at it that way, so I was shit nineteen when I found Page Avenue. Mm-hmm. So that the, kind of that formative years, you know, where you're, you know, I was getting out on my own for the first time, and um, I found Page Avenue. So yeah, I said you kind of connect with something and. Um, you know, like with the story of the year stuff, like it killed me to vote, you know, 9.5 thick boys, you know, cause I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted, I like they're, everything they do is attend to me. And, uh-huh. uh, but again, it, it's, it, you know, you have to be honest with yourself, especially when we're doing something like this and, yeah. um, you know, I can, I can, um, I'll hype them up wherever I go. Um, uh, I was wearing a story of the year shirt at a school function for my kids and somebody's like man i haven't heard a story you know what i said hey you gotta go check the shit out man we were you know but no i get it you know what i'm saying is like um you know you kind of latch on to something you know when you when you really find something and, and it's just your your grail i mean i have a page avenue tattoo on my forearm so mm-hmm. uh, i get it i totally get uh why you love this and how you're connected to it so yeah yeah cool man well with that being said let's dive into the first portion of this pod we're calling it Discovering the album front. (laughs) 
Yeah. So uh, I did a little bit of research on this. I've listened to the album in full three times. All right. Cool. So I wanted to have that initial listen. Um, I was kind of just driving uh, to the second listen and I listened to it again prior to this recording. So um, I just wanted to kind of, you know, re- you know, ensure that I had, you know, my picks correct. But um, so I want to go over a little bit of history of Inner Shikari. Um, they were formed in 1999 uh, by Chris, Rue, and Rob in Hertfordshire, England. Um, Rory, the guitarist, joined in 2003. Uh, and surprisingly, no lineup changes in 20 years. Yeah. So that's insane. Uh, almost unheard of, uh, which is really, really cool. Yeah. You know, what I found is they're considered a post-hardcore electronic rock. Um, they've released six studio albums, nine live albums, and eight. EPs. So very busy dudes, um, which was, you know, uh, it was cool. So, you know, without kind of giving away my, my rating at the end, I'm very excited to keep listening to them, you know? So, uh, you know, I'll have my criticisms, you know, as a, somebody with zero music talent, I'm going to criticize people with a ton of music talent, but, uh, but no, you know, it's like, again, everybody's entitled to opinion and I'm going to give my opinion, but, um, I'm very excited to hear what's next. So Mm -hmm. I did not, I did not continue on, um, just cause I wanted to kind of get this out of the way. And are you going to listen to it in order? Like in order of release? I think so. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of how I'm wired. Um, I have to kind of like, I can't jump into a TV show. I have to go back and watch all you know, like I want, there's something I want to go watch. Like I want to go back and watch Criminal Minds, but I, I stopped at like season five or whatever. And there's, mm-hmm. they're on season 712. So I'm like, I can't just jump in, you know, like yeah, I gotta, yeah. I gotta know the lore. I gotta know everything. You gotta go all the way back. Yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah. So Take to the Skies is their debut studio album. And that's kind of important to note. Um, there's, there's quite a bit of history there. Um, it was recorded at the Outhouse in Reading, England um, in 2006 and 2007. Which is still running, by the way. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, I went to go check out the the studio, and apparently that studio was set up in 1933 Holy moly. by someone named John Mitchell. Okay. And the their excerpt, like the About the Studio, says the studio has recorded and produced hundreds of bands over the years, helping many of them achieve worldwide success. Mm-hmm. John continues to lead the team at Outhouse, instilling his distinctive approach and ethos to music production and all his staff. So the dude's, according to the site, the dude's still alive? Wow. Oh, wait, I'm stupid and I can't read. 1993, not 1933. Okay. <laughs> 1993, say, he, John he, he Mitchell. Might, John Mitchell might be immortal. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> but it says uh, bands that you, you probably will know. I just wrote down bands that I sounded familiar to me, at least. But bands that have recorded uh, albums there. Uh, Architects, Lower Than Atlantis, Attack Attack, Neck Deep, Alter Bridge, Don Broco, Funeral for a Friend, and of course, Enter Shikari. Wow. Okay. Big names in there for sure. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, they recorded over 2006, 2007, so I'm assuming late 2006, early 2007. Um, it was released on March 19th, 2007 uh, on the indie label Ambush Reality. And I found some conflicting information on pr- production. Um, I th- What I found is it's listed as self-produced, uh, but it sounds like they had some producer friends there, um, mm-hmm. more of musicians on site that are producers as well. So I'm sure they were just kind of guiding and, and help. I think they help with like gang vocals and things like that. But um, what I found was it was listed as self-produced, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, um, I saw Andrew Shikari labeled as producer, John mm-hmm. Mitchell, the one who has the studio as recording, mm-hmm. Ben Humphreys under recording, Martin Giles under mastering, Peter Hill under photography, and then Keaton Henson as the illustrator of the album. So you look mm-hmm. at the album cover, it's like, yeah, 
that shield with the people. It's all cartoony and all that. I'm guessing yeah. that's the person who did that. Nice. You know, and something to note, what we reviewed and we talked about it a little bit was we reviewed the U.S. iTunes release without the bonus track. I didn't listen to the bonus track because I don't have, I, I don't use iTunes, but so we, we looked and, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit, how, how that came to fruition, but a lot of these tracks were re-recorded older demos, which was kind of cool, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously they started in 99, became kind of the current lineup in 03, and there was four years in between, uh, you know, why they, they were just kind of, I think they were just working, you know, uh, releasing demos and song, you know, just writing and things like that. And then, yeah, so then, I remember the demos yeah. were dropping on MySpace. Oh, that's, cool. That's how I remember finding them. Yeah. Was MySpace. And wow. it was back when the, the music player, you were actually able to download some of the tracks sometimes oh. if the artist enabled you. So somewhere on one of my hard drives somewhere yeah. are the old, like actual MP3s or I don't even know if they were even MP3s at the time, but the downloads of their demos. Wow. So I have like the stuff before this album came out. Nice. That reminds me of um, like when I got into Red Jumpsuit, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. I, I guess I was listening to their demos originally because it was substantially more punk rock, you know, harder. And then yeah. when the album came out, you're like, it was way cleaner. And, you know, you're like, what's what's this? Like, this is different. You know, and it was it was great. It's still a classic, but it was it was totally different. You know, and I don't remember where I was listening to it at that time. That was 2003, 2004. So it was probably illegally downloaded, but, oh, um, no. you know, um, but yeah, allegedly <laughs> it's funny. Cause like the original release had six of the current tracks listed as untitled yeah, yeah. and then it came out later, um, that they named them later for the digital releases, you know, when they, when they got on iTunes and things like that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like, you know, so they kind of got to go back and think about it and, and, you know, and, and name their, their track. Mm-hmm. So, which is neat. And, uh, so the original release had, I think it was like 17 or 18 tracks, Seventeen, um, yeah. I say. I think it was yeah. seventeen. Yeah, so that's kind of weird, you know. I think as I get down the, more down the rabbit hole, I'd like to listen to the demos. I'd like to listen to the additional tracks and just kind of see how the original release came about. But yeah, so I mean, this 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 was their debut st- studio album. So uh, it sold over two hundred thousand copies, earning a gold record in England. The single "Johnny Sniper" peaked at number two on the rock chart uh, in the UK. Uh, and the album did hit number one on the UK rock charts and the indie charts. So uh, very successful for them, uh, especially in 2007, selling 200,000 records. You know, that's oh, yeah. Uh, uh, really. Yeah. So that's kind of my uh, my rundown of the history. That was very interesting for me. So that's uh, the little brief history, the little little brief about this album, the history behind it. Let's go ahead and dive into our next portion called My Tracks Over You. All right, so we've got, as uh, Cronin said, 13 tracks for this one. We're going off the iTunes or Spotify, it's the same, same track listing. And our numbers, starting with number one, our numbers, our names starting with number <laughs> one, we've got their title track, it's just Enter Shikari. got Mothership. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Everything seems to be closing in on our infiltrous lights. 
Labyrinth. No sweat. There's like three S's in that one. Sweat. Today won't go down in history. Reprise one. Return to Energizer. Sorry, you're not a winner. Johnny Sniper. Okay, time for plan B. Prize two. That's what we've got for the tracks. Nice. What were, would you say, we're just going to get into it. Yeah. What were the three tracks that stood out for you? Sure. So, um, Again, I, I didn't pick my, you know, my favorites until I think the second listen, but um, initially Labyrinth stuck out, uh, you know, really quick. like that mm. i added it pretty quick pretty quick to my uh playlist and then i really like the the vocals but musically uh today won't go down in history uh i thought was amazing i thought mm. you know the drums and just everything about it was really great 
enjoyed that. Uh, and then, okay, time for plan B uh, was my third um, favorite. few that took me out of the um the, the album a little bit but i don't know uh-huh. if you're ready to, i don't know if you're ready to talk about that <laughs> no no go ahead yeah, yeah let's, let's so talk about that so i did not love return to energizer and johnny sniper it's just not my style um you know generally electronic rock is not my thing um mm-hmm. i do appreciate it because a lot of the you know i'm a big 80s guy like you know I, you know so if they can kind of tie it into that and it gives me those old vibes i like it but some of these like the keyboard, especially like in the intro, <clears throat> go back to, uh, oh shit, try Labyrinth. Labyrinth does. Yeah, like I could, I was like, no. So the song Labyrinth you chose, uh, yeah. you don't like the intro to it. I don't love the intro. Like I was like, <laughs> I just see like his brother, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like having a great time. But, um. It actually reminded me of like an SNL skit. I don't know if you've seen it where they go in there and they're writing jingles for, um, I don't know. He's got, they have like those like wedding DJ tuxes on. He's like, ba 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 basketball. <laughs> like, I don't oh my know. God. Like, it's just like, I was like, oh, I don't, that's weird. Throws uh, you off. It just wasn't my thing. But, um, but I ended up really liking that song, you know, because it got, it gets really catchy and, and I enjoyed it. But there's just a few moments there, um, but they generally make up for it, um, you know, with the with the uh, the choruses and all that kind of stuff. And, and I haven't dove into the lyrics too much, but this is one of those, especially in some of the in, in the slower songs, you can really start to see that they're you know they have the English accent, which sometimes in, when the people are singing you can't tell, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so it was, it was kind of cool. It was really neat. And um, Johnny Sniper, I was not a fan of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not my thing. Uh, but everything else I, I really enjoyed. Like, I really did. Um, you know, and I'm not saying they're bad songs. I think Return to Energizer, I'm going to talk about it. I'll talk about it a little bit later when we give our final thoughts. But Talk about it now. You know, where some of the notes I got, um, it reminded me of, of the band Emery a little bit. I got a little bit of that. Uh, you mentioned in, in, the, um, in the studio talk, uh, Funeral for a Friend. Mm-hmm. I got a, lot, a little bit of notes of that. I think they're British, too. So, um, And they're kind of around the same time. But... Uh, and then a little bit of sprinkle of DGD dance, Gavin dance. Um, hmm. like, and, and again, just on a few songs. Um, and I think a lot of it, not, not, not so much like you would be like, Oh, you know, it's, it's, they sound the same because they don't, but it's just kind of, some of them had the nonsensical lyrics, which, you know, DGD likes to do. I think it was just kind of the, the balance between the screaming and the, and the singing and everything, you know, it's just something kind of triggered me to think about, uh, dance, Gavin dance, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just a tiny little sprinkle of that. But yeah, I think that the vocals were great. I really enjoyed, you know, I, I love Funeral for a Friend. So to kind of hear that that influence in there, or, you know, somebody influenced somebody, I think. But it was great. You know, it was really good. So yeah, not a, really a bad song, just a few that I would probably skip. Yeah, I mean, so these guys, 
whenever I listen to this, this particular album, it does like take me back to when I first heard about them and first heard of them. And I think maybe I'm just coming from a place of like ADHD brain. So the amount of crazy, just random bullshit that happens in their songs is what like my brain attached to, but with also the understanding of like, so these guys are from the UK and over there, like house and EDM music is just a different Mm -hmm. thing. It's their, like, it's their thing. And I really liked the influence of, of that plus just the emo scene and the screamo scene of the time and them using that and meshing it together. I thought that was really awesome. And yeah, there's definitely some songs in this album that I don't listen to and sure. I actually do skip. But for the most part, uh, notable tracks for me. So my three, mm-hmm. I would say anything can happen in the next half hour. I absolutely love that song. Like the 32nd mark of that song is like fast paced with like angelic vocals. And then at like a 50 second mark, it kicks into like this stupid heavy chunk. And that just, that just for some reason brings me back to like garage band, like VA hall venue, every single emo band. Like I went to see shows in my local area. That kind of breakdown was like the same shit. And if there was a dude on keyboards, it sounded just like that. Just a simple chord progression with effects on it. Some synth keyboards, some fucking Korg in the background, some dude with long hair. Yeah. Holding those notes yeah. down through the entire fucking song. And that's all it was. And it's simplistic. But yeah. at the same time, it was is it was different. Like it was different hearing these guys do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second pick is Mothership. So I think okay. Mothership was maybe one of the first things I heard from this band. I don't I can't remember. Yeah. I want to say maybe it was okay time for plan B, but Mothership's one of the songs that I really love for this album. Uh, especially just the the synth sounds in this thing. Um, I'll play a little synth real quick. Yeah. Walk my bike, walk my bike, walk my bike. Walk my bike, walk my bike, walk my bike. Then the last third one for me, my top track is Sorry You're Not a Winner. I think this is the one that probably got them the most recognition across the board. For anyone who may have mm-hmm. heard about this band, they know, sorry, you're not a winner. Um, not only is there just a shitload of gang vocals, it's a heavy song, but they include a super iconic clap. I don't know if you picked up on that. So there's oh, a, no, I don't think so. it's like the biggest part of their song. And this is like what they get primarily to get the, the whole crowd to do. And so just the crowd just knows when to do it. 
I was uh, thinking that when you were kind of explaining, I'm like, I bet that's fucking insane live, you know? Like, oh yeah, they really emphasize it. Yeah, that's cool. And then I just I remember the music video that also came with this song, and yeah. it's just like it's just them, and it's just a room full of people, mm-hmm. and it looks like the best time of their life. It's nice. like this small little crammed room, and it's just performing their hearts out, and it looks awesome. But uh, I remember watching that video over and over again when that came out. So those are my top three. And as far as any tracks that I feel like kind of slow things down, mm-hmm. the interludes can be kind of weird, kind of sure. throw you for a random loop once in a while. Like the reprise uh, kind of will stop the flow of the album here and there. Uh, Johnny Sniper has, I think, the weirdest fucking intro yeah. on this album. So the, the beginning song, the beginning of the song is just like random ass fanfare. And it just sounds like the most synth yeah. fake drums. All right. Some kid on a keyboard just like fake drumming it. It's like what, what's what's happening right now? What what am yeah. I listening to? Like what? Who is this? But then as the song progresses and it kicks in, it does go to what Enter Shikari is, which is synth yeah. screaming. Yeah. And you're like, okay, now I'm listening to an Enter Shikari song. But yeah. then you're like, what was that intro? Come on. Right. That's crazy. But yeah, and then they have, um, they kind of have like their one slow track, uh, one that stands out, uh, Adu. I, I wrote down for this, for this track, Adu is like the song you sing with your friends as like the bar is closing yeah. kind of a situation. It's very much a chill vibe. And that one at shows typically kills because... Most people yeah. know the words for it, and then the whole fucking place is singing this song, and it's it's awesome. Sure. Editor's note: This is just a clarification. This next clip here is from a live audience recording of a performance. This is not from their current album we're reviewing. And I. Yeah, I did. I did. I did like that track. That was good. And then another thing, another noticeable standout for me, because I can I can go into each song, but uh, okay, time for Plan B. Mm-hmm. I, I put down at three fifty. Um, yeah. There's a breakdown, but it reminds me again of like the garage emo band, local band in your area, yeah. kind of a breakdown. So it sounds very, very uniform, very typical, but it, like it really kind of just takes you back a little bit. So like that little simple breakdown, yeah. like I could just I could see in my head just four dudes wearing their sisters or their girlfriend's <laughs> jeans, long hair, yeah. 
just fucking going ham in the garage, all sweaty. I see it, but I love it. I'm not yeah, saying I, I hate it. I, I envisioned kind of the same thing. Like you were describing something earlier. It's like I see this dude at a small club with a white T-shirt on, sweat soaked, like just disgusting. <laughs> and then like in, you know, and that that they're just the whole band's like up front singing. Everybody's fucking having a great time. You know. Like, oh yeah. Um, you know, the bass players just singing to the crowd. You know, yeah. I it it it's good. Yeah, I I did like that song. Everything else though, as far as this album goes, today won't go down in history. Sometimes I actually might skip that one. Just. Really? The intro kind of throws me off a little bit because yeah. it is such a slow buildup. good one but that one is another one that's kind of like what's happening here yeah but with that being said i'll give my overall feelings of the album in our next portion but before we do go into that is there anything else you want to point out for any of our tracks here no um like i said you know when when we discussed it earlier i said uh, the there was enough really good stuff on here to grab my attention to to say hey you know these guys Mm -hmm. are worth a listen you know so no, I, I'm going to keep listening to this album, too, because, um, you know, it, it, sometimes these things are a slow burn, especially the older stuff. Um, but I will move on to their second album, just kind of work my way through it. And um, but no, it, yeah, I said uh, it was it, it was really fun. It was enjoyable for sure, especially to get out of my comfort zone, because I'm not an electronic like, dude, uh-huh. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not my thing. And so to to kind of have to do this, you know, so it was like it was like, OK, you know, so it, it probably like the first track, like if it was just me finding them. I would have been like, nah, you nah. know, like, so I was like, nah, it's not my thing, you know, and that's not, that w- that wouldn't be fair. So, you know, this is really kind of cool. So, but no, I said it was great. Sweet. All right. Let's go into our next section called In Love and Review. All right. So here we are going to summarize the album. Overall thoughts will also be giving the final stamp of how many Fall Guys were given this album. <laughs> Uh, and then just the overall score. But starting off at the front, we are doing our summary of the album. So like I said in the very beginning, I'm just biased as all shit. Sure. This album takes me back. I listen to it regularly still, even though it's been mm-hmm. four freaking ever. And that's, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Besides, these guys have always put out music. I don't think there's ever been a time where they took a break and I was mm-hmm. just like, where's Enter Shikari at? Where are they at? No, they're like, it's always like every couple of years, boom, new album. And the cool thing about these guys is they go from the sound they had. And then when you go to their next album, they're not like Lincoln Park, parking it where they went from yeah. like Lincoln Park to like, Hey, now we're yeah. like a different Lincoln Park. Right. They're going from where Enter Shikari to, Hey, here's our new stuff. But right. not only are we still us, we kicked it up a notch and right. you're going to love it. And mm-hmm. every single time they put out a new album, I'm always like, they can't top this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the album of their career. I love this album. This is the best work. But then yeah. they'll just drop a new album and you're like, fuck, this is better than the last Damn. one. Um, That's great. At least for me personally, 
Some people may not like the evolution. Some people may not like uh, the direction they've headed, but they've they've evolved over time, and I think for the better. Yeah. Um, each album is 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 solid. I'm excited for you to to dive into the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, and if you are listening to this and you haven't given them a chance, but you did give this album a listen, let us know what you thought about it because I'm curious to hear what other first time listeners also think about this album. Sure. So those are my overall thoughts of the album. I can talk more about it, but we're trying to keep this podcast short. So yeah. what are your, what's your overall, your overall takeaway? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, my guess is, is that they've gotten substantially better over time. You know, I mean, that's just going to be, you know, um, cause you know, I, I've, I've heard a little bit that you've played off the new album just, you know, randomly this, this evening and, and they've definitely popped up on my, um, my random shuffles, you know, on, on YouTube or whatever. So, um, I'm going to give it um, seven falling guys. Um, and I think, you know, that, I, you know, that's complete respect, uh, especially being way out of my wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. um, it was, I was like, damn, you know, clearly they're talented and um, there's a lot of good stuff on here. Um, and and it, it, they hooked me to, to keep going. So um, I felt like that was a really fair score, um, especially being so far out of my comfort zone. Uh, but you know, I liked it, man, and and um, I can see why you like it too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And for for me, at least, I'm giving them, I'm giving this album specifically nine falling guys. Nice. And I had to be honest with myself. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it ten because this yeah. is <laughs> this is Enter Shikari. This is my yep. shit. Yeah. I'm gonna give it ten, but I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna give it nine. Uh, there, just because not every single track is like the most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like the tracks that do carry this album cover the bases of the tracks that kind of lack mm-hmm. for them. Sure. This is also the first one. This yeah. is their first major album that came out. So I'm also giving them leeway on that. Yeah. So that's why I gave it a, a nine, a realistic nice. little nine. So nice. what's, what's, what's our math there? Is that, is that eight? So it's, a, it's an eight. Yeah. It's a it's podcast, eight. eight falling guys for enter Shikari's take to the skies. So do you have a riddle or puzzle for the listeners, for your choice that we're going to be listening to next. Yeah, so I was thinking of one when we were talking. Um, it's a new, short, never-ending story. Okay. Do you know what it is? Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which which yeah. one? The new one. That's for you guys to solve that riddle. And if you do, good job. You're smart. You got big brains. And if you don't, I guess you're going to have to wait until next week to figure out what in the hell we're reviewing next but guys pretty pleased with some sugar on top go and leave this podcast a review wherever you're listening to it hit us up on social media follow us at until the day I pod over on instagram and twitter mm-hmm. and check your mom's phones because we're definitely texting her too i'm just <laughs> kidding just kidding don't come don't come for me but anyway guys have yourselves a nice day bye-bye 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 now